What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the Hyperfast Wealth Show, I sat down with an amazing couple. In less than a decade, they've gone from just starting in real estate and using real estate to quit their jobs to owning and operating over 200 rental units. And now they're teaching people how to do it. Welcome to the show, Mel and Dave. Welcome to the show today, Mel and Dave. How are you guys doing? We're great. How are you? Yeah, we're great. Thanks for having us. Good. What? Uh, just so our listeners or, or people that are watching on YouTube get a get a overall picture here. Where are you guys located now? Yes. So we are Canadians. We're in North Bay, Ontario, Canada, which no one knows where that is, but everyone knows where Toronto is. So we're about three hours north of Toronto. Three hours uh, by car, right? By driving north? Correct, yeah. Correct, yeah driving. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, tell everyone a little bit about yourselves and, and what you guys do. Yeah, so well, we, Dave and I, we're full-time real estate investors. We specialize in buying multifamily properties using none of our own money and without joint venture partners through creative financing. And uh, we would both quit our jobs in our 30s, and uh, we now solely own over 200 apartments, and we continue to to grow and scale, scale our portfolio. And we have best-selling books, and um, we're mentors, and all that good stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> how long? How long did it take you from when you started to get up to 200 units? How long was that that journey? Uh, I think we started in 2012, slowly. Uh, 2012 or 2013, we bought, you know, one property a year. And then in 2017, as soon as we discovered creative financing, we bought 12 uh, multifamily properties in 12 months. I think it came up to like 56 units. And that very next year we quit our job. So it, as soon as we understood how to leverage and not use our money, that's, that's was the, uh, the game changer. So not too long after that, actually. Wow. So well, what, what's, what's the difference? Like how, how are you able to ramp up from, you know, one or two a year to like several a year through creative financing? Uh, that's kind of mind boggling to think about. So I'm sure everyone's wondering how do, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, no, and good question, Dan. And, and, and I'm sure you get it all the time. We get it as well. It's just, and everyone, everyone will think, well, you know, you need a down payment, you can't get around that. And yes, absolutely, you need a down payment, but it doesn't need to be your money. Or another better way of saying that is the skin in the game doesn't necessarily need to be your skin in the game, right? Because you hear that all the time. Uh, and it also doesn't have to be a joint venture partner. Exactly, they yes. choose not to go that route. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing, Mel and I, we wanted to control the asset, right? And the profits and the refinancing and all that. So it was, it was mostly, you know, other people's money, such as seller financing, uh, they would hold a second mortgage that would basically be our down payment. Uh, so the, let's let's take, for example, 2017, those 12 properties. I think about nine of them were the actual seller holding the second mortgage, which ends up being our down payment. So that that's our bread and butter. That's our favorite. Uh, the, sell, the seller holds it. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Seller. 
And, and again, like I know in the states, there's they they typically call it more uh, carrybacks or seller financing. In Canada, it's more vendor take back or VTB. Uh, it all means the exact same thing, right? That where the sellers participating in the financing. But that was our game changer was getting them to help us with the uh, with the finance, the down payment, especially. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's. Um... I, I think that's going to happen more and more uh, in the States anyway, because there's, there's particular, there's tax changes coming that might increase, you know, what you have to pay when you sell on capital gains and, and, you know, may potentially eliminating like the 1031 exchange in the U S and I think if that happens, you're going to see sellers that, you know, if, if they do want to sell, They'll want to spread out the tax consequences over several years and and then giving the note back to you know people like you is a way to do that yeah exactly yeah and, and that's why they want to do right they do it because it benefits them um and of course you're going to pay them interest and they get their property sold and, and all of that as well but it, it's a true win-win and that's how we do all our transactions so we do a lot of owner financing um we do promissory notes as well where it's not necessarily the owner, of course, it's just it's just notes. And then we also do um, secured funds, such as in Canada, it's RRSPs, in the States, uh, your 401k. What, um, yeah, what kind of terms do the sellers usually give you? Like how much do you have to pay uh, in interest? What kind, you know, what kind of timeline do they give you on, on the loan or the carryback or, or whatever you call it? <laughs> Yeah, and it'll depend, right? Um, and obviously, that's a vague answer, but yeah, it'll be it'll be dependent. Our our longest has been a, a seven year term, um, right? So for us to to stabilize and reposition the asset in order to bring it to to another bank to refinance, so that's been our longest term. We we didn't actually need the seven year term. We've had as short as we always try and give ourselves at least a year, probably minimum eighteen months. Um, we had one that was a year, and then it's come to fruition in the eight month mark, but. Uh, and then, and then in regards, you know, we love interest only payments, especially for those short periods of time. I want to keep my cash flow high. Uh, so that interest only payment is very, very attractive. And honestly, we've had deals as low as 3% interest only. We've had some in the double digits. Uh, it, honestly, Dan, it's just whatever the actual deal can support. Um, and, and the ones that we've paid double digits, you know, necessarily didn't want to. However, it was such a good deal and it made total sense on how we're going to pay them back. And the way we look at it is short-term, for lack of better wording, pain, right? <laughs> no one wants to pay double digits, but then after you pay them back, you, you own the asset for the next 20, 30 years uh, with none of your own money and just making that infinite return on investment. So uh, the terms is a big piece, but it's not the, you know, the, the price, the interest rate is not a deal breaker for us. It's not the end all be all. It's just another piece of the puzzle with the deal. But, uh, we always have to look at bigger pictures. So yes, of course there's interest, involved but hey bigger picture if i end up paying higher interest than somebody else but i'm able to get a huge lift or appreciation afterwards and get into the property using them for my own money keep 100 of the cash flow of the equity of the appreciation of the decision making it, it just makes sense if the deal is a good deal and are, are you usually refinancing you know within a few years to to pay off the sellers uh, because because the value goes up because you manage it better or, or rents go up or exactly you're bang on Dan so this is more like yeah. bridge loaning it's just that short term until we get into that long term uh, you know a lender type financing so it, exactly it, short term financing 
And how, how are you guys finding these deals? Yeah, so we, I mean, we, we, it's a numbers game and with, uh, with real estate investing. So we look at lots of deals. We definitely work with an investor focused agent. Um, and then we also find some off listed deals as well. So we will just analyze as many deals as we can to really find the one that, that do make sense at 100% finance. Um, the ones that where we would have our exit strategy, meaning how we're going to pay back the lenders as well. Is there anything in particular you have to do to, you know, know who might be offering seller financing or is it, or you just look for good deals and, and ask them, like, how do you, how do you kind of identify sellers that might want to do this? And that's a great question. And I, and I think people are too shy uh, to be honest. I know that sounds so simple, but any deal that I look at or any listing, uh, and again, we're looking at the States all the time. I'm on LoopNet and, and, and uh, realtor.com, all that stuff. And any deal that I look at, I'm, that's my number one question. Can you send me the income and expenses? And is the seller open to uh, creative financing, seller finance, anything like that? And then I just kind of test the waters, right? If they come back and the profit and loss, or the PNL is awesome, and they still don't want to hold financing, then, hey, I'll find another way. I'll, I'll get a private I'll hard money lender. I'll find other borrowers or sorry, other lenders to, to help me bridge that, uh, that loan. Um, but then if the seller says yes, bonus, right? Now they're going to participate in it. So that's another piece of the puzzle. But I just think people don't ask enough. And who cares if someone says no, right? You get a bunch of no's until you get a yes. And then when you get that yes, you're golden. So. And if the owner's not open to creative financing, if you find that good deal, the lenders will come. Once you find that good deal, people will be interested in them. There's lots of passive investors. Who, who do want to invest and especially once if you create a social media and all those things as well where you have a presence where they get to know like and trust you we've uh, just through our social media accounts we've, we've been able to connect with many many of our lenders as well yeah, I was going to ask you if you ever if you ever do deals where the seller wouldn't do the financing but you find a group of people that will you know put in money for preferred equity or you know some other way um, yeah, and we do, Dan, because, um, yeah, we don't get seller financing all the time. Um, so we'll find different lenders. And, and when I mean that, I mean, like, let's say, Dan, you've got, I'm taking it for example, we bought a 50plex in last year, and uh, we needed a downstroke, and the sellers didn't want to hold any financing, which is fine. The deal made sense, and we're refinancing it right now. Um, but we found a, a, a gentleman that lives three hours away from us. We found him through our networking and he had $400,000 that he uh, he ended up holding a note for us, right? So he's not, and this is not equity in the deal, right? It's 100% Mel and I through our entities owning the asset. He's just basically being a bank, being a private bank. And uh, again, it's not cheap money. It's in the double digits for this one, but short-term pain. We bought it in August or September of last year, 50 plex. We've increased the rents. We've reduced the expenses. We've done some rentals. Now it's worth, you know, six, $700,000 more. We're going to the bank, uh, an A lender. Now that it's stabilized, pay him out. He's happy. And now I know I've got access to another 400K whenever I need it because I paid him back. And uh, again, infinite return on investment because we didn't use any of our own money. So it's just it's just doing that over and over, Dan. And again, it's it's unreal, especially now with the, uh, well, you know, the, the market and the instability and all the, the, uh, what do you call it? The quantitative easing, the printing of money. Like people just aren't seeing that they're getting worried. So I find more and more lenders are coming to us wanting to be, or started wanting to invest in real estate passively through someone like us or other real estate investors.
Hey, hold that thought. Do you wanna get 100 tips for free from my best-selling real estate book, The Hyper-Local, Hyper-Fast Real Estate Agent? If you do, go to hyperfasttips.com and you can download 100 of my best tips today. Again, that's hyperfasttips.com. You can download 100 tips on how to grow your business, get more clients, deliver more value to more people. Go to hyperfasttips.com. Yeah, and then and then you know you get to own this asset at really <laughs> long-term low interest rates in an inflationary environment. Like you know you're you're going to be protected. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. What do you guys do after you take over? You know, buy the deal, take it over. In between that moment and the moment you get the refinancing, uh, what are you usually doing? to increase the value. Yeah, and honestly, every deal is different. Sometimes we'll do a major work or we'll do the, the big burst strategy. Um, and But quite often, I, I don't necessarily love those ones quite as much because it ties, I find it ties up our team. And now, that, especially, especially now that now we have uh, so many, yeah, the price <laughs> of, of lumber and all that. So um, we just like to find underperforming properties where the landlord had a, different strategy than we did. Perhaps you didn't want tenant turnover um, and it needs maybe a little bit of tilting, maybe just a, a new countertop and, and a fresh paint of coat. So where it's, yes, we have to put a little bit of love into it, but not too, too much where it's a complete gut job. And is, is um, how, do you, how do you do this at scale, right? Cause now like, are you using property managers? Are you building it, your own team to do this? How are you? managing you know 200 plus units now plus looking for new deals acquiring them like how do you how do you set this up to really give you financial and time freedom yes. yeah absolutely we have a huge team <laughs> so this is not <laughs> yeah, uh lie, investor yeah. mal babe it's not just the two of us we have a, a very amazing team behind us everything from marketing to social media to property management to renovations to in-house financial controller videographer so we have a very large team that enables us to, to really focus our time on, on what we love. And, and what we love doing is the um, acquisitioning of yes. new properties, finding those deals, and of course, spending time with, with those who are students through our, our mentoring program as well. How, how does that work? How does, how does your mentoring program work? You know, how are, how are you helping other people to now do what, what you've done so, yeah, so successfully. And, and thank you for asking. So we wanted to really be hands-on with our students, but we also wanted to change many lives because it has been life-changing for us completely and for many, many of our students as well. So it's a lifetime access mentorship where they'll get access to Dave and I inside a private um, Facebook group. They can answer questions or ask us questions every day. We go live with them once a week. Uh, we also have a video series that they can watch and all our documents and all that. So we just make it really easy. And, and the results are amazing. Most people are buying their first property within 90 days. I mean, some people were cool. able to quit their full-time job yeah, in less than a year cool. of joining our program. So, and, and I mean, I, I'm a big believer in, in coaching, even for ourselves. I'll never stop because I know that, I mean, hey, yes, I, I spent over $200,000 in my own learning, but I'm okay with that because it made me so much more in the end. Who, who um, who do you guys coach with or, or have been mentored by over, over the years? Yeah, 
and honestly, it's it's a variety of people, and it just kind of depends. And it's not this. just real estate, right? It'll be like mindset. It'll be business. It'll yeah, be systems. Yeah, some mindset and... with Tony Robbins. We've done some some more overall business coaching with Dr. Queen. Also, so it just depends on on what the nature of the what we're looking to to build. Where we're lacking in you know, our is overall it, is business. It KPI for our <laughs> team members that we need, and and that's the thing. It's it's just okay. Where what's our weakness, or how do I want to expand, and how do I whether it's YouTube or TikTok, even all those kind of things as well. Hey, hold that thought for a minute. Do you want to take your real estate business to the next level? If you do, there's no reason to go it alone. Learn from people who've been where you want to go. Carrie and I have sold billions of dollars in real estate. We've netted over seven figures for seven years in a row now. And we want to see if you would be a good fit to work for us. We don't work with a lot of people but we wanna give you a chance to get on a free strategy call to see if we can help you get your business to the next level. Go to hyperfastcoach.com and apply for your discovery session today. Again, that's hyperfastcoach.com. Yeah, I've, I've found consistently from doing this podcast and just being around successful people, they all seem to put time and money into coaching, you know, getting coached, learning, development, going to conferences and, and, and like you said, it's not always in real estate or whatever field they're in. They're, they're, they're doing, you know, kind of all aspects of life. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see that the, the people that you would think need it the least are the ones that are doing it the most. It's just those little nuggets, right? Like Mel just took a course. It was $25,000 for 12 weeks, not even lifetime like ours. And it's just those little nuggets that we picked up uh again 90 percent of it we already kind of were doing but those little pieces have already made us that twenty five thousand dollars back and beyond it's blown our it's helped our business scale so that's what i love just even if you think you know it all you don't right and then just keep learning from other people that are doing that particular thing a lot better than you piggyback your experience right what's the average you know deal size that the the student you know student who, who works with you you know, who's just starting out, just learning, like what, what are most of them doing for their first deal? Like how, what it kind depends. of deal? I mean, some people are only going after the big ones and some people are sticking to the duplex and triplexes. So it's really a personal choice and comfort level. I mean, we have some people that bought 51 apartments last year, some bought 52, some bought 33, some bought 12. So it, it just depends on, on everybody has different goals. Um, and I'm also a big believer that it's not just about the number of units as well, yeah. even for Dave and I, because you can have 2000 units, but if it's not the right kind of deals, or if you don't have your exit strategy, you're not further ahead. So it's really about finding the right kind of deals where you can force the appreciation, where you know that you have your exit strategy so you can pay back the lenders. And, and why are we getting so many lenders, whether it's owner financing or um, through promissory notes or private funds is because we show them with our, our, with our cash flow matrix, our exit strategy. And that's what they want to see. They want to be able to have, Hey, why, why should I lend you $400,000? Well, this is the deal we're looking at. And this is exactly how I plan on paying you back. What kind of, um, what kind of cap rates are you guys or your students looking at, or, or, or is that again, kind of varied depending on, you know, people's goals? Yeah, and good question, Dan. And I was going to kind of um, uh, piggyback on on Mel's comment. Is it, I, I've seen people have you know in the, in the five to seven cap rates. Some of them are four cap rates. Uh, it's honestly some of them are, are are in the hotter markets. Let's say 
and they're buying it more for, for appreciation, right? So the year or two, they, they don't even do anything to the building. And just because they're in a hot market, their, their asset goes up by X amount, right? By not doing anything. And then some people, and they're okay with that because let's say they love their job and it's more of a long-term play. Some people with the higher cap rates and the higher cash flow are, uh, are purchasing those markets. Or sorry, because they want to leave their job. So they need to replace that income. So it just depends on where people are. Like for, for example, we've got dentists in the course where they love their job, but they just want to set themselves up, you know, buy some things now and, and reap the benefits 10 years down the road, which is cool, right? So they're okay with lower cap rates in those hot markets. Uh, and, and again, so that being said, like Mel and I, like I think last year we bought five or six, which for our terms doesn't seem like a lot, but the, those five or six buildings uh, was 119 units, right? The cash flow very, very high. So that's what we wanted was cash flow buildings. Uh, and that's just, again, so those were in the seven cap rate, let's say five to seven cap rate ish. Um, but again, everyone's different. So, so hopefully that answers your question as to their, their, their mindset and what they're looking for. And it depends where they live and if they're willing or not to go outside their area. We have some students who go from one state to the other, one province to the next. Some people don't want to, but of course, realizing if you are in a very hot market, realistically, you're just not going to cash flow as much. But again, if as long as you're okay with the whole um, appreciation idea, as opposed to necessarily cash flow, I mean, and you calculated as well, and you've done that for some of our students who say, okay, I'm just not cash flowing as much. Okay, well, let's let's compare here three years. So yes, Mel and Dave might have um, made more money every single month um, from yeah. cash flow, but let's compare how much you made in appreciation in three years compared to somebody who's in the secondary market, and we compared right and. And, and they are just as ahead, if not more. Yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, it's just kind of interesting how there's so many different ways in real estate and, and you can really design it around, you know, what you need yeah. for, for your life. And, it, you know, it's interesting to see some people in the, the big cities at, at like four cap rates, right? And then other yeah. people are getting double digits in... <laughs> And the cool thing is, is some people are like, oh, well, Dave, Mel and Dave, you guys only buy multifamily. Well, okay, that's our play. But some people are buying condos, pre-construction condos, uh, commercial storage. And it's like, there's no wrong or single family dwellings. There's no wrong way of doing it. Like the lady, she bought a pre-construction condo. Uh, and then two years later, she had made $200,000. And she's like, oh, and I'm like, think about that. You made 200K in two years. That, that's off that's amazing. Only, off the one. <laughs> so, you know, the, the multifamilies, you know, sometimes might not do that. Uh, anyway, so it's just real estate is real estate. You just have to understand how to, how to apply it in different, uh, different asset classes. Have you guys seen an, uh, COVID restrictions, you know, eviction moratoriums? Has that had an impact at all? Yes, we did have, uh, and, and these were like, we had two people out of, and, and, and Honestly, we had about 90% of tenants pay their rent as usual. We had another five to seven that we had to do payment plans with and things like that. And then the other, you know, two or 3%, whatever was left over, they weren't paying before COVID anyway, right? So last year when we had, you know, from March, when they shut down the NBA and everything, we already had two people that weren't paying and we're already in the process. So they got to, you know, they, they were laughing all the way to the bank for until October when they, they lifted the moratorium here. Uh, and then we evicted them with the sheriff and now the moratorium's back. So it's just kind of playing, you know, they're playing the game. The system is what it is. Uh, and then when the moratorium comes up, they'll, they'll be the, I've got another one that's going to be evicted by the sheriff. But again, we've worked with our tenants. Like we, we, 
we've exhausted all avenues. The last thing I want to do is put someone on the street. However, I still have to pay a mortgage to the bank. So we have seen some, Dan. Um, now it's back on hold again. But again, 90 plus percent have been amazing. They've been paying. We've been making payment plans. Uh, the trust factors there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been super valuable. You guys have provided a lot of great education and inspiration. I always like to end with a hyper fast round if you're ready nice. for some rapid fire questions and answers. Right. <laughs> All right. What's your biggest piece of advice to a new investor? Um, face the fear. You're going to have some fear no matter what, because it's how do I do that? Or, or do I have my exit strategy? Or do I have this? Or do I have that? And, Face the fear. You at some point get educated. The, the education don't you know be educated and all that. Of course, do your due diligence, but you have to face the fear of, of the unknown to get different results. And and uh, that's probably number one reason why people don't ever achieve their their goals in life is because fear holds us back, getting uncomfortable, right? And and I mean you, you do. Our, our first property, we had fear when we went from a uh, from buying duplexes, triplex to our first seventeen plex. Was wow, okay, we're we're jumping fairly quick here, fear mm -hmm. again. We bought 119 apartments last year, fear again. Okay, now we need extra team members, but you just adjust and, and we knew that, okay, we're gonna have review our system, see if we need more team members and just push through it because we know that it's so worth it. What uh, What's the biggest challenge you've ever had in business and how'd you overcome it? Ooh, in business, I think in, like if we're talking business, when we started buying buildings, we wanted to be real estate investors. And as you grow, like Mel said, we doubled our, we more than doubled our portfolio last year. We had over hundred doors and we bought another 119. So as a business, when you literally double like that in a couple of months, uh, it was just your, whatever got you there doesn't, whatever got you here doesn't get you there. So our biggest business was, again, it's dealing with employees. It's dealing with staff. It's dealing with all that. I never thought I would have employees and staff and all that. That's not why I got into real estate. However, it is a reality of, of if you want to scale. So I would just say it's an it's, it's inevitable um, that when you scale, you're going to have to grow and you're going to have to let go of some stuff. Uh, so I would say get ahead of it and learn systems in place. Start the systems when you're small because uh, starting it when you're like, we had 80 something doors when we decided to start hiring people and then we had to do systems and it was a, it was a mess. So, yeah. All right. Last one. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Oh, you know what? I, I kind of see myself almost doing what we're doing now, <laughs> but even bigger. I want to help change more lives. Um, I want to continue to grow our real estate portfolio. I want to continue to have the, freedom that we have now um we have three kids so we spend lots and lots of time with them and, and that's really really important to me and, and that's something that um we really focused on as well as part of growing your team was was to really delegate uh, so that way we can hang on to that freedom piece of, of time and, and david no I, I see i see something different i see because we're in northern ontario again keep doing that but i see us the kids will be older and we'll have more flexibility i see us spending our winters uh, in the States, either we love Florida or somewhere else warm and then coming back here to do that, the, the winter stuff, snowmobiling and that. But yeah, I, I see it going a whole other, uh, us scaling a whole, continue do, sorry, continue doing what we're doing, but another level, a whole other level. It's basically what I said. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you just made it sound more interesting. I said Florida though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I'm down here near Pompano Beach, and a lot of people from Montreal, oh, yeah. in particular, uh, make really? their way 
would make their way down to Pompano. So oh, cool. oh, that's great. Um, that's awesome. There's yeah, for years actually the when the, the Florida Panthers hockey team they always scheduled their their games against Montreal like around the end of December because like and they would that'd be the most sold out game there there was <laughs> um, packed with Canadians. Yep. Yeah, it was it was not a home uh, crowd for for the Florida <laughs> team, that's for sure. Well, you guys have been amazing and and really provided a ton of value to our listeners and viewers. If people want to connect with you on social media or learn more about your programs, uh, how should they do that? Yeah, we are always Investor Mel Dave. So we're on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Investor Mel Dave. And if you DM us, I can send you a video as well where we kind of explain all of this on a whiteboard and it's it's uh, a little bit more visual if you're a visual person as well. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for the value you provided, the time you gave us. For everyone out there listening or watching, make sure you subscribe, share this with people that you think could benefit, and we will see you next time. All righty. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests, improve our shows, and give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.